If you like compassion, excuses, and heartwarming messages, you have clicked on the wrong link. There's a new sports voice in Toronto. The smooth-talking, rough-necking Mike Roach, where sports life and truth collide. New sports entertainment for the next generation. Something different. No bias and no BS. This is the Mike Roach Podcast. Subscribe to the Mike Roach Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And remember to follow Mike on Instagram at MikeRoach7. And folks, I have a very special guest in the building, but... For those who have been listening to me for a while, she's a very special guest, but she's kind of a regular at the same time. Toronto Raptors sideline reporter for Sportsnet, Savannah Hamilton. Savannah, how are you? I'm good, man. Always a pleasure to be on your show. And and, uh, yeah, it's been, I guess I am a regular. I will call myself that. (laughs) You are the most regular on the MyCoach podcast. I would say, I think so. I'm honored. Uh, but Savannah, you know what time it is. It is. It is almost there. It's. It's almost opening night for the NBA and for the Toronto Raptors. And uh, the the first question I have to ask you is: Now you've seen training camp, you've seen a couple uh, exhibition games thus far. What is your assessment of the team right now? Yeah, um, I think my assessment so far, and you know, we've only seen two games. And one game was against one of the best offenses in the NBA. And the other other uh, game was against a team that's not even in the NBA. So (laughs) trying to find the happy medium between. And I think my assessment will be somewhere along the lines of I'd expect them to have a better season than last season. Maybe maybe uh, they didn't set the bar super high last season because they did, you know, lose in the play in tournament. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is a 46 to maybe even a 48 win team. Um, you know, I, I think that they have a lot more firepower than what people are giving them credit for. And I've been going around saying this to my colleagues. This team is a sleeper team. This team is the dark horse of the East. How do you see them differently than last year? First and foremost, different energy. Just immediately step by the tone of mm-hmm. Coach Darko. Good point. Yeah. You hear the guys talking about the positivity and the energy that starts from the top. Like, you know, it sounds like this guy walks into the gym and just gives everybody his energy immediately. And then they start practice. Like, it sounds like this guy, like this coach brings a level of transparency that the players were looking for and that they, that they need. I, I think any athlete would look for that too. They want to know what's on the coach's mind. And it sounds like coach Darko is not afraid to share his thoughts with the players and where he's at while being honest. Cause he's not, their best friend and he's he's already made that kind of clear in certain press conferences like such as I remember distinctly in um, Sacramento when the crowd was cheering uh about for Grady they they asked him about that after the press conference and instead of being like oh you know we love Grady you know he he's like it was cute so he knows the line between giving energy and being there to support the players but also being a head coach so I I like what I've been seeing from him so that's been the biggest difference that that I've noticed because it's been radiating down to the players. Um, and so that's, that's, that's the biggest change on top of, of course, you get into the offensive schemes, the 0.5 offense, the very quick ball movement. It works. Like this is an offense that is meant to help everybody shine. 
And he's already mentioned it in several of his press conferences in regards to Pascal Siakam's role. And he has nothing but respect for Siakam. You could tell his, in, the, in the meetings and the press conferences that he's had um, where he's talking about he knows Siakam is especially talented and he's not worried about this offense, you know, maybe hiding him or burying him in it. No, this offense, if anything, will amplify his game. And I believe so, too, because I, I think Pascal Siakam's the type of guy that's better off ball and attacking the rim when, when opportunities are more created through fastball movements. I think it helps everybody, but especially him on the starting lineup. You know, it's funny that you give that answer because I was listening to uh, to Gary Trent Jr., Yep. And and Gary Trent Jr. mentioned that he's communicated more with Darko since he's been here than Nick Nurse. Pretty much since he's been here, did I hear that correctly? <laughs> he said to be to to correct the statement that he made uh, in terms of what he said that day. He's he's had more communication with that coach than any coach in his career. Wow. So I guess you could add Nick Nurse into that statement, of course, but that's a big statement. To that is a big statement. Career. Like, you know, he's in year six in the NBA. He played in Portland before that. He's he's from Duke University, so that's where his background was. And so to hear that he has already this much transparency uh, from Coach Darko, I think that means a lot. And yeah. I talked to him, you know, like last week leading up into that game against Cairns, and he was very um, – honest and forthcoming about what he expects for himself this this season um he just wants to be a good teammate play hard and contribute to winning that's his focus that's his mind he told me that he's not concerned necessarily about coming off the bench or starting of course he said every player wants to start that's why you have that competitive drive but he can't control that and so he's not going to let that affect his basketball game and and i think i really respect that and I, you could tell that's coming from a real honest place and you could tell that the coach isn't hiding him or trying to try to you know say something and that's not aligning with what he's already you know uh, has heard for himself yeah so, I, I agree with you you got to respect that mm, i agree with you because he just seems very straight up he's not willing to to beat around the bush or hide um, when any tough questions come his way he just flat out attacks the question and answers it the way he sees fit and i can respect that so i see where you're coming from there and you mentioned about him not being able to control uh which player's are going to be able to start. It's the players who have to control that. Now, with that being said, what player has stood out the most to you thus far, whether it be, you know, because of training camp, the exhibition games, who who do you have your eye on right now? Coach Darko. <laughs> <laughs> can we, can we include him into the conversation? Yes, yes, we can. I, I have my eye on Coach Darko the most because okay. I'm just, very interested in how he's going to use the talent on this team that once upon a time was the six, nine vision and transform it in a way that makes the most sense because we have individual, like t individually talented players. That's a given. That's why the Toronto Raptors keep on coming up in trade rumors. Masai Ujiri even said it for himself. There's a reason why their name comes up so often. Like, OG Ananobi is one of the best defenders in the league. You could say that pretty confidently. Pascal Siakam is an all-star for a reason. And the list just keeps on going on and on. Scotty Barnes, Rookie of the Year. So how do you make this roster work together? And he brought in, of course, Dennis, like Dennis Schroeder, FIBA MVP. So the pieces are there. The talent is there. So far from what I've seen, I will say that the regulars are still standing out, so such as Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes. But there are, it's almost like 
you could tell that the the playing field is even because Gary Trent Jr. had an amazing game off the bench against Sacramento where he dropped 22 points. So and and then even in the last game against Cairns, he only played. Um, Chris Boucher only played for half the game because they only played the starters for half the game. He was in for Jakob, who was dealing with an illness, and he had a great game. So I almost feel like the 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 level of competitiveness and it's just all kind of raising at the same time and evening out. Um, but the cream will always rise to the top. And I think that's something that Coach Darko always mentioned. That he can't hide talent. And that's where the Pascal Siakam conversation comes in, where it, regardless, like Pascal Siakam also had a great game last game and the game before. Like, so I think that it's going to come down to players standing out through consistency and continual buy-in to this offensive system. Because what I have noticed is that it's obvious when a player isn't playing the intended way, mm-hmm. like with the 0.5 offense. You can tell when a player is probably either overthinking it or looking to prove themselves a little bit too much. Um, and it's all, it's really glaring because of how fast the ball movement supposed to go. And so you see when it slows down. Okay, so you mentioned this new offense now. And Dennis Schroeder is going to be a big part of that new offense. Now, what do you think he is going to do differently than a Fred Van Vliet from last year? And I understand it's, you know, different X's and O's and a different offense, but what do you think he brings to the table maybe that Fred Van Vliet did not last season? I think they're two different players completely. I think that what Fred brought is Fred's own secret sauce. What Dennis is bringing is his own secret sauce. And I think so far, um, you know, Fred has been a a vocal leader on the team in the past. Dennis Schroeder, because of his position coming into a new team, I don't believe that he's as vocal yet. So I think he's a lead by example type of guy. And I think we've been seeing that. And his teammates have already been saying the same thing. He's like, yeah, he's so far been leading by example. However, he will pull guys aside and have conversations with them when necessary or when they're trying to talk through some stuff. So I think that's important too. Um, What I see from Dennis on the court in a game is, and this kind of plays into as well, the style of the offense. So it's kind of hard to compare directly, but he's, he's passing, he's facilitating. He's playing a more traditional role of a point guard. Fred, we saw him play the role between almost a point guard. And at times you'd, think that it's that hybrid of a shooting guard too because he's just willing to shoot his shots it's like a a hybrid guard exactly a hybrid guard dennis is a lot more traditional and i think i think it fits him very well especially in this system and i think that he's looking to get his teammates open and create opportunities as a playmaker um i think at times you saw fred he did the same thing but uh with less with like, if you were just compare the two, I think that so far from what we've seen, Dennis has just kind of done it a bit more consistently while Fred has kind of gone out and, you know, looked, hunted shots where he felt he needed to, to take that step in um, as necessary. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what the biggest difference I've been seeing so far is uh, Dennis is just a lot more traditional point guard. Now, who do you think is going to benefit most off the bench from this new offense? Yeah, I think it's safe to say Gary. Like, I mean, like having talked to him, he actually said so himself to me. He said, I think this helps me the most on the team. Like this has been helping me exceptionally is what he said to me in uh, in our conversations. And so I completely believe it because he's a guy and he, he told me this, like he comes from a Duke college style basketball team where it was systematic and they had 
fast ball movement, but this is the NBA. So he sees it as a hybrid between San Antonio and Golden State. And we both know that Golden State is a shooting team. And so I think this only amplifies Gary's game in the fact that if we could bring it to the Raptors, with alongside the athleticism that this team has, that you can't leave them open around the rim because this team can fly. <laughs> a lot of these guys can fly. Um, but as a result, that creates extra space on the outside. So I kind of, I really like what's happening because you can't keep up with the pace of the game if you're the defense because it's always shifting you. And on top of that, you can't ever sacrifice an open look to the rim. But if you do, or if you, sorry, if it does get to the rim and does get defended, then most likely someone on the outside is going to be kicked out too, which is a guy like Gary. So I think Gary coming off the bench really does help him. um, And this offense really does create some gaps for him as well. Okay, now, sorry, Savannah, I want to sneak one more in here before we get out of here. Go about, ahead, man. Uh, about Grady Dick. Now, we've seen him here and there throughout the uh, exhibition games thus far, but how much do you think he's going to be able to contribute and contribute early this season? I think it's going to depend. I think it's going to depend on these next two games for him to solidify himself as someone who could be consistent Uh, And it's not fair to put a whole lot of pressure on a rookie. So, you know, I say this hesitantly, but at the same time, he's going to have to earn the trust of Coach Darko, just like any player does right now. Um, And so from from what we've seen, you know, he's you can tell he's a rookie. He's still like catching up to the pace of the NBA, the physicality of the NBA. And then as a result, you know, the consistency just has to uh, continuously improve to a night to night basis. And I'm not in those practices. And I don't know what happens behind closed doors, but making sure that like that also happens at practice as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, if you're talking about like, you know, how much the Raptors can potentially use him early on, I could see him getting incorporated for game experience because that's in that's valuable. That's, you know, there's nothing that compares to a real game experience. And I think as long as he, even in the short bursts of time that he's given, maximizes it, makes the most out of it, not just as a shooter, but also because he's actually kind of a guard forward. He's in that three position. Um, if he maximizes it, you know, try to get in there, grab rebounds, be a really tough defender if he can. I think those are going to be qualities that outside of his shooting will help add to his value on the court, which will then increase his minutes as the season goes on. Okay. Thank you very much, Savannah. Uh, the time has come. The time has come. We're about, what, seven, eight days away from being at Scotiabank next week. Yep. Okay, I'm excited. I'll definitely see you there. Appreciate the time. Uh, Toronto Raptors, sideline reporter for Sportsnet, Savannah Hamilton. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. Take care. You too. So, folks, some great insight from Savannah Hamilton. And the Raptors are going to be going up against the Chicago Bulls on Tuesday night. So that should be interesting. We will discuss that on the next episode. So, folks, make sure you like, subscribe, follow, share, and rate the Mike Roach Podcast. I'm on Apple. I'm on Spotify. I am on Google at Mike Roach 7 on IG at Mike Roach 23 on Twitter. And this is a quick hitter episode, baby. I'll be back again soon. And I'm out. You've been listening to the Mike Roach Podcast, where storytelling, sports, and keeping it real are the only ways to live by. We hope you've gotten some valuable and practical information from the show. Link up with us on Instagram at microach 7 where you can view images of the content on this program. We're on Facebook, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a wonderful day, and thank you for listening.
Until next week. 